In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus here in the Gospel reading, it's a number of things. But primarily, we see that Jesus teaches us who he is as the only Son of God. And what this means for us is everything. As Jesus said, and as Moses lifted, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So it's always fascinating to listen to this conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. The girls have a little Bible that has a painting in this, and it shows last night we were, when we were reading these things, it's nighttime, and Jesus is looking down, and Nicodemus is just sitting there, and they're just kind of talking. And we get a glimpse into this discussion, and it's so important. Nicodemus wanted to learn, and he went to Jesus to listen to him, even if that meant he needed correction. So in this way, Nicodemus is kind of a model of faith or an example for us in this gospel reading. He shows us what faith looks like as he sits here with Jesus at night having this conversation. They're talking about the things of God. And in some ways, it's kind of sad because we've lost that in our culture, haven't we? It used to be that men talked about real things of significance and importance and what mattered for their families, for the greater good of the world around them. Learning and studying were not simply a means to an end, simply for some pragmatic understanding of a certain concept. Rather, learning and study were to engage your mind and free it to think, to listen, and learn more. The concept of leisure for the Greeks was this idea of resting and having your mind be free in these things, that you contemplate the stuff, you meditate on it, and you grow. So look at Nicodemus here, then in John 3. Nicodemus was a leader of the Jews, or a ruler, as it has in the ESV, and he had an influence, and he was in the know with the happenings of what was going on. Now, later, he would defend Jesus before the Jews who were wanting to accuse him, and they said, shouldn't this man be, you know, stand before these things and be judged? And then he would provide the myrrh and aloe for Jesus after his death on the cross, and John tells us it was about 75 pounds and weight of myrrh and aloes. So he was a man of means. Now, here in John 3, when Jesus came to the scene, he took note. John tells us in the reading what he first said to Jesus. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So he uses this word, we, he's coming from the Jews, but unlike the Jews in other places that are trying to test them, John doesn't tell us that. He's just asking this question because Nicodemus is thinking. He's considering what's going on with Jesus. And he knows that this guy who's walking around doing these signs, which is John's word for miracle, is up to something. Something is going on. This Jesus isn't just some Joe Schmo rabbi with a group of disciples that were a dime a dozen at times. No, he does these things only someone can do if God is with him. How does he know this? Well, he's a teacher of the Jews. He understands this, so he looks at life and what is going on around him and evaluates it accordingly. He sees the lens of things through God's word and God's law. So Jesus then is different. Something is different about him. So what does Jesus, what does Nicodemus learn from Jesus? 
Well, what do you hear the Lord say and teach? What Jesus said in his response to Nicodemus then opens up his eyes to understanding who Jesus is and what this means for the world. So Jesus takes things to another level. That's what John 3 is all about. And John's gospel as a whole, always taking these things and let's ratchet it up a notch. Let's look further behind this stuff, see what's going on. So when he asks this question about, Rabbi, you know, who are you, these things, Jesus then answers in response, truly, truly, or amen, amen, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the Lord tells him, unless one is born from above, that is, another birth brought about, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Something has to happen. You're looking at this stuff going around. But in order to understand the things of God, you have to be a part of God's kingdom. And to be a part of God's kingdom, you have to have another birth. So Nicodemus, listening and following this argument, says, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So Jesus is telling us a birth must occur for you to enter and to know the kingdom of God. Because you were conceived in sin. You were born into this fallen world. So what you know in this life, apart from the things of God, isn't salvation. The world and its things of this world will only get you so far. Sure, they have their place. It's good for you to know things of this world. It's good for a farmer to know how to farm. Otherwise, he would be a terrible farmer. Or how to, a mechanic to work on cars or trucks or whatever. Or how to practice medicine if you're a doctor and insert any number of blanks. All of those are well and good. And for Christians who do these things, they flow from faith. And they're good and serve the neighbor. But at the end of the day, all of those things are not eternal. Anyone can be born into and know those things. An atheist can do them. And yes, maybe even well, and help people in a worldly, temporal sense. But the only way to have eternal life is to be born into God's kingdom. So how does this happen? It's really not complicated. Jesus says you must be born again, or more literally, this can mean born from above. The Greek word is anothen, and ana... It's a prefix in Greeks that means from above. Like our daughter, Anastasia, means to stand up or go up, right? Resurrection. So that word here has that meaning in a sense of a higher birth or something that's been set apart as a different type of birth than what is in this world. You have to be born from above, a birth that is not of this world. And our girls will often talk about in their, their uh, way of speaking, get born, And I never correct them because I kind of like that because they get this understanding that you don't choose to be born. And just as then tying the theological significance, you don't choose to be born again. You get born into the kingdom of God. So Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus goes where most of us would think and we shouldn't necessarily fault him for it. Right? Anytime we hear about talking about birth, what's our first reaction? Well, we think about giving birth, a woman giving birth. 
So Jesus then, Nicodemus is asking them then, how can this be? You're going to enter a second time into your mother's womb? How's that going to happen? But Jesus teaches that this birth is of water and the spirit. And those two words, water and spirit, grammatically are connected to each other. It's not born of water and born of the spirit. It's water and the spirit. They go together. And so last night I was reading this to the kids during our devotion. I've mentioned that we read the gospel reading to them at nights. And after reading it, I will ask them questions to get them thinking about what Jesus is saying and teaching. And in a way, we are kind of teaching our kids to be like little Nicodemuses, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening and thinking about the word of God. So last night, after reading this reading uh, and about how the birth from above or born again happens, I was teaching the kids to think about what Jesus says for the answer. I asked one of them, what does it mean to be born from above? I said, what did Jesus say? Well, water and the Spirit. Then it was asked of them, so where does this happen? What is this birth of water and the Spirit? What does it mean? And then one of the kids said, after thinking for a second, said, matter-of-factly, that's baptism. So when you look around you here in this place today, when you look at yourself and you see a people who have a new birth, a birth from above, you've been born into God's kingdom. And that means you're children of God who is triune, eternally Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the God that has given you and brought about your new birth into his kingdom. You got born through God, to put it in the words of my kids. So the epistle reading says this about God today. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that might be repaid? So here's God who is unsearchable, who's unknowable, who's without error in his judgments, and and person who has no need to be repaid because he can't offer anything to God. He's God after all. But he's the God who reveals himself to you. He's the God who shows us that we can't understand and know these things on our own but the one who gives us faith to hear his word, to trust his word, to know who our Lord Jesus is, the one who gives us the kingdom through all eternity. So on Trinity Sunday, we hear this reading from John 3 every year, and the words of Jesus, they ring out into the, our, our ears as people who look to him who was lifted up upon the cross. We look in faith to him through his word and have life even as we have been conceived and born into sin and got born into this world and are dying just as people who were bitten by the snakes sent by God in the wilderness as they looked to the bronze serpent set on the pole fashioned by Moses and when they looked they lived. So that's our gaze in this world and that's our only redemption. Being born of God, baptized into Christ, you see with the eyes of faith You know God through the second person of the Trinity, the Son. And it's in and through him where you know God revealed to you and his grace, his mercy, looking to him, and you have eternal life. And you see something God tells you about him. Jesus said, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So this is how God loves us. The manner which God loves us, that's what so loved, it literally means God loves us in this manner. He sends the Son and the Son to die. Now, Luther referred to John 3.16 as a summary of the gospel. Sometimes you'll hear it, the gospel in a nutshell. Some people will try to take that and run with it. But he's not wrong. It's this, God lays before your eyes today his love to you. So how do you know that God loves you today? How do you know each and every day when you get up in the morning that this God who is unsearchable, who is unknowable, loves you? Well, the Father sent the Son to live in perfect obedience to the law of God, to take the sin of the world upon himself, to die on the cross to pay the price that is due as a sacrifice that only he could make, and to rise from the dead proclaiming this work has been accepted before the throne of God. And how then do you know that God loves you specifically? Because it's one thing to hear that, but it's another thing to know, is that really for me? Well, he tells you, and he gives it to you in ways he's promised, because you've been born into his kingdom. God says to you, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God says to you, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God says to you in another passage that Luther would refer to as the gospel in summary. He would talk about John 3.16 as the gospel in summary. And there's another place he talked about the gospel in summary. Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Take and drink. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. You always see John 3.16 right at baseball games. Somebody ever holds up Matthew 26 or 1 Corinthians 11, right? With the words of institution, you know that guy's a Lutheran probably at the baseball game. And so right now, God is speaking to you, and he says to you, Christ is yours. You're his. Eternal life, it's yours. And like Isaiah, you confess rightly that in your sin, woe is me. I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. There's a right fear and reverence before God, because God is God, and you're not. Yet the Lord is the one who has come down from heaven and is in your midst today through his word, through the scriptures, through holy baptism, absolution, the Lord's Supper. And that voice of the angel that spoke through what is that vivid scene in heaven that spoke to Isaiah is also that same voice that speaks to you. Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt, it's taken away. Your sin atoned for. Going through this life then, dear people, be like Nicodemus in the reading. Listen to God's word and treasure it. Now, please don't come to my house at night, knock on the door and start asking things. That's a little different. But there's nothing, absolutely nothing more important than Jesus has the words of eternal life. Teach your kids this, your grandkids this, your friends to do the same. You know, this is Memorial Day weekend, which I did remember that this weekend. And tomorrow when families and friends are gathering together, and it will be a great time. And we like to get together. We like to be together. God said in Genesis, it's not good that man should be alone. And then he gave him Eve, his wife. Because we are a people of God who are not meant to be isolated from one another. God did not create us to be alone. 
And gathering together this weekend and whenever we may gather, there is a time for fun and talk of things which are of this world. It's good. It should be done. But don't forget about the things of God. Stopping to give thanks for the benefits you have in Christ. And in your families, don't neglect to sit around living room tables, kids' bedrooms, dining room tables. Or it's a good idea to even have a family altar set aside in your house to know that this is where we as a family hear God's word and where we pray. So read the Bible to your children. Teach them to be like Nicodemus, who sits and listens intently to Jesus and asks, what does this mean? And sometimes in the process, you might have to hold your kids down as they're trying to wiggle away. But teach them these things and teach them to pray in response to the word, calling upon the holy name of the Trinity in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. You are God's children who have been born into the kingdom and baptism, and this is how God's family lives. To be God's children, it means to gather around his word at home and his word and sacraments on Sunday morning together as the church of God. That's who God has called you to be. That's the new birth and kingdom that you have been brought into. Because you are God's children, and God is your father. So dear children of God, rejoice that as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So Jesus has been lifted up upon the cross for you, and you have eternal salvation. Thanks be to God for this new birth, this birth from above, and to his kingdom, his salvation. Now and forever. Amen.